You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now here are your hosts, Thaddeus and Gary. Thank you for logging into Thank You for Your Servers. I'm Thaddeus Person, a.k.a. Nick Way, and joining me as always is my man, my brother from another mother, Gary Guthrie. How are we doing from the left coast, baby? I'm doing great. Went to Disneyland on Thursday. Hope I don't die from the coronavirus. We are all uh, all hoping that we, <laughs> you as well, don't die from the uh, the COVID-19 COVID coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, being that you are on the left coast, and that is probably going to be ground zero for all the hell that is about to descend upon us. Well, it's definitely home to, to the, the uh, definitely home to the uh, hysteria and the uh, runs on uh, uh, Costco. Apparently it's been uh, quite wild people stocking yeah. up on their survival supplies. Oh yeah. They're selling a lot of pa- my Patriot supply mm-hmm. on the, in the, on the right wings, Twitters and radio. All right, this and other podcasts are brought to you by the Make Liberty Great Again Network of Podcasts. So let's get into it and let's talk about, from the tech angle here, what seems to be going on with the, it was, at when I started kind of assembling these show notes, it was the 2019 NCOV, it is now the COVID-19 coronavirus and its impact on tech. So let's just go down the line, right? First things first, uh, a run-of-the-mill coronavirus update here. As of this podcast, it is there are at least 89,000 global cases. Uh, the overall death toll stands at a little over 3,000. Uh, the U.S. has rep- reports six deaths from the uh, coronavirus. Um We'll get to that here in a minute when we talk about its impact on tech and the tech conferences that are going to be happening this spring and going into the summer. Uh, the death toll in Iran has risen to risen to fifty four. That's kind of just exploded out of nowhere. Um, you know, they went from you know it's gotten to the point where like m- you know ministers and cabinet members are getting sick yeah. and being diagnosed with the disease. And in South Korea, um, the cases. Confirmed cases of coronavirus, COVID-19, exceed 4,000. And that is having a profound effect, as I predicted, on not only the logistics, it is all, it's having negative logistical and financial effects because of where the epicenter of this was. And this was in the heartland of China of, of China's manufacturing region. And it's now having ripple effects. Conferences that have been canceled so far. Earlier this earlier last month, uh, February twelfth, Mobile World Congress was canceled. Um, the Game Developer Conference that happens in San Francisco typically uh, in late February, uh, early or actually in early March or mid March, I'm sorry, um, was canceled on the twenty eighth of February after pretty much every game developer like dropped out. Like people just started saying like, "Yeah, we're not coming." Um, I mean, we're talking uh, Sony, EA, 
Activision Blizzard, Unity, Epic Games all withdrew. And so at a certain point, it became very evident uh, early last week that the organizers of the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco were just like, nah. So that has been not necessarily canceled. I will correct myself. It has been postponed until the summer. Um, and But we shall see if that holds. Uh, F8, the Facebook conference, uh, takes place in, uh, in May. That has been canceled. There will be um, non-meet like, uh, space events, right? There will be live streams. There will be um, um, online conferences and stuff like that, online uh, communication and online uh, interaction. But as for the face-to-face, you know, in meet space, so to speak, nah, not happening. Also, it Google I.O., as of this podcast, is a go, but... If this continues, and we'll kind of get into some details of some stories about, you know, the virus making, taking its, <clears throat> starting to take its toll on, um, sorry, my, my, <clears throat> my uh, COVID-19 was acting up, <laughs> taking place, um, a lot of these conferences yeah, are taking place on the West you, Coast, which is going to be the epicenter because of the amount of Trans-Pacific trade and travel, um, and, you know, coming from the Asian region, which is the, the epicenter of the uh, epidemic. Um, it looks like Google and, if, if, let me get this correct, Google and Microsoft have posts or are, are canceling some of their smaller conferences. But in light of the fact that just today it was confirmed in King County, um, which is in Washington State, basically the county of Seattle, has confirmed five deaths as a result of the virus, Microsoft build, I'll call it here, if it happens, it'll happen later in the year or it won't happen at all. I'm willing to suspect that Microsoft build won't happen at all. And Google is in the next couple of weeks is going to need to make the decision of whether or not it will cancel Google I.O. as a whole. Um, and Google always listening shut up <laughs> all right um so google uh, google's um uh, cloud next which is in san francisco and uh microsoft's MV- mvp summit which is in seattle uh basically in um, bellevue um those have been kind of canceled so if yeah. those smaller conferences have been canceled by these big tech giants i suspect that their big conferences are not for this world or at the very least they won't be happening anytime soon um this has had, like a, going back, harking back to my point, this has had the effect that I thought it would have. Um, and because of that, uh, global trade has been interrupted. Um, there will be a decline in the supply of smartphones. If those of us who love our Amazon orders, for which a lot of that stuff is sourced from China, or at least some of the components of some of the things we order on Amazon are sourced from China, there are going to be declines. There are going to be backlogs. Um, we don't know because, <clears throat> no offense to um, the Chinese government, but I don't trust them um, in the least. And Wuhan is like the center of a lot of stuff. And then that re- reverberates out to the other manufacturing regions. Dram, NAN, and Dram and NAN flash markets are... are while unlikely to be affected, according to this kind of Verge article I'm looking over, it will, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's going to be tons of um, downstream effects from this. 
And I think this is the one-two punch I think the global economy might not withstand. The U.S. economy, I think, will be fine going into the end of the year. But I, I, I don't think – I think the reverberations from this are going to be far-reaching. The valley um, is filled with a bunch of – well, for lack of a better word, pansies. The moment someone – the moment there's enough of uh, enough confirmed cases, they're currently now in the in the Bay Area. Now they've been confirmed at least potentially four. That's Santa Clara County and San Mateo. Um, they're going to start shutting stuff down. Google today, uh, Google uh, Coin, I think Coinbase and a couple of other companies have basically said can encourage their employees to, if they can, work from home. Um, this is going to start to have an effect. South by Southwest is also going to be happening in that time frame. Uh, National Instruments, uh, um, uh, 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 what is it? LabVIEW Developer Conference. That takes place in May. It's also taking place, uh, that's also a conference I suspect that I might not be able to go to because I think everyone will overreact and I think these conferences will be either greatly curtailed or canceled altogether. Facebook is completely pulled out of South by Southwest. That's next. That's this month. Um, and so all these companies are making these moves. Um, I think I, I still tend to think they're overreacting, but this is what it is. Well, they're um, they're they're in my opinion, they're definitely overreacting. I mean, you're talking about something yeah. with a two to three percent mortality rate, you know, and it's always just the high risk population that you know, is going to be impacted the most at, 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 you know, at the, with death, if, you know, if you want to go there, but, um, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me starts coming out and the, and starts wondering, okay, how much of this is manufactured? How much of this is managed and how much of this is controlled, uh, so that we can have another tool to yet, um, kind of govern or <laughs> throttle uh, the economy in a, in a few ways. You know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I buy into those theories, but I think there's a little bit of merit to it when you consider the impact that a story like this or even facts like this can have on, on the population or on the market yeah. in general. You know, and, and, you know, somebody out there is going to see that potential and go, ha ha, we can manipulate this factor by manipulating this parameter input here. So I don't know. I, you know, there, there's a, there's a little bit of a, you know, me being the perpetual government skeptic that I am wonders how much of this is being manufactured and how much of this is really being used as a tool to kind of throttle or rein things in. I don't know, but well, just something to yeah, think about. Yeah, I mean, one would not be, um, would not fault you on being um, skeptical. Um, you know, we are both the same uh, philosophical persuasion. So yes, I think that's part of it. Um, I, this also comes on the backs of the fact that like, there've been a lot of, remember we, started out this show in its you know in its early days talking about the sinophobia yeah that was that was being kind of fomented particularly in and around like the u.s government tech you know and whether or not the tech companies 
that are here in the United States should be doing business in China or that, you know, maybe they shouldn't and that there were restrictions and that trade, this trade war kicked off here, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the beginnings of this, of this, uh, this podcast in the early days of this podcast. And, you know, this, there's been an overall global rise in nationalism for good or for bad that has prompted a lot of restriction in trade and the movement of people. Yep. You then Absolutely. add on to the fact an absolute excuse to basically shut your borders or or even greatly more curtail yeah. um, entry and exit in and of countries, raising that barrier to entry in and out of these countries. And what you find is that this type of pandemic plays into the hands of the demagogues who will use this as an excuse not to continue to restrict travel to China or trade to China or name set country that we have a fear of, particularly in the tech industry. Um, I've never been one to subscribe to the Sinophobia. I've understood that th there've been very great cases made for it. Um, I, some of them I do find compelling, but all in all, as a globalist, I think that free trade and free movement of people was good. I have traveled internationally for most of my adult life. It has never been more difficult to go to wayward places on this planet than it has been today. Yeah. And it isn't going to help um, that this, this is going to prompt a lot of ugly protectionism, a lot of necessary quarantining and protectionism. And this has detrimental effects. Now, let's see, because we've developed a much more interconnected global economy when it comes to at least some of the tech sector, right? Let's see if these have adverse effects. Maybe it's better to keep a lot of developers home. But understand, though, that people are getting hurt because of this. This of is going to hurt economies. Um, Polygon has an article here that kind of breaks down the details as to, you know, why the Game Developers Conference is now canceled. Indie developers are suffering. Yeah. Right? Because your Amazons and your Blizzards and your Epic Games and your you know, Ubisofts and stuff, they can, you know, they can, they can cancel because it doesn't matter. But like if I'm a if it's if it's a mom and pop type of game developer studio like you know, the they're going to get the hit the hardest yeah yeah right absolutely and, and like and if there's you know these smaller companies they buy tickets and make accommodations way ahead of time that logistically screws up a bunch of things yeah. I could potentially be looking at my travel or plans for the end of the month being greatly curtailed if not completely I'm I I'm going to be out a couple grand possibly if Global, if this if this pandemic kicks up enough hysteria to the point where borders stop getting start, you know, are, are are closing, and airline travel is not just restricted to Asia, but restricted to Africa, restricted to Europe, right. restricted to South America, yeah. Um, and so like, even if this, well, it's predicted that I, I, I and I don't know where I heard this or read this, that um, I don't know if it was a CDC report or stuff like that that. We're going to pretty much peak in June um, and we should tail off toward, you know, July. That's bad in, a, in the sense that like in this hemisphere, that is travel season. 
um, and that will have a negative effect. But if these conferences, particularly a lot of the tech conferences that are going to be happening in Austin and Seattle and Los, you know, Los Angeles will be E3 in June. Um, and then you have, of course, all of the big tech conferences that are going to take place. Apple has a typically has a, has a, has a developer conference in May. Um, I think, I don't know, I have to double check. If all those get shut down, man, like that's bad. Yeah. And even if things peak and we come back toward the end of the summer, man, the knock-on effects of the restriction of trade and travel and these conferences which spur local economies, that's going to hurt. Yep. Um, and and we don't know on these long tail long lead items that are mainly whose components are manufactured in China. We don't know how long. We don't know when those will get back up to the levels they were this time last year. Yeah. Um, the global trade was global trade, and uh, because of the trade war between us and China and the slowdown in the Chinese economy. We're already starting to have detrimental effects to some parts of Asia, particularly, you know, Australia and other places um, that were greatly dependent on um, China's insatiable appetite for raw materials. Um, you know, they've been hurting for a couple of years because the Chinese economy has been slowing down. Um, but like this is harder. This will be a little harder to recover from. Um, and now we're starting to see that we are a much more globalized economy than we have been. And, you know, while we need to be um, cautious of China, they're not to be trusted. What they're doing to their Uyghur population, um, building this techno terror state, techno, you know, uh, big brother totalitarian state that they're building with all technology that we've been openly sharing for the last 25 years um yeah this this, this is going to be bad um yeah and I, I i and i don't think it's going to be bad in death that is not the key right we, we've all we've discussed uh ad nauseum about the fact that like this is not going to be a killer this won't be the spanish flu right um, it'll but, it'll kill the weakest that it comes into contact with. And we already know that, but the flu already does that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that's sad, but it's not the big fear. Yeah. It's not the big fear. It's the, <clears throat> my opinion, it's the knock on effects. Um, we were already dealing with trade wars. We're already dealing with protectionism. We're already dealing with nationalism. We're already dealing with, um, um, xenophobia to a certain extent in lots of countries. Some countries for, for, with, for good reason. Other countries, not good reasons. This is just another, another you know, kick in the gut of a global economy that was already starting to sputter. And yeah. um, just because we're sitting in the U.S. economy, which is the strongest it's been in 20 years, doesn't mean anything. We will feel these effects eventually. Um, oh. Yeah, well, I, but, and uh, I think you, you brought up a very good point about mom and pop, you know, small businesses being heavily impacted with the accessibility that they have now, you know, direct to China for supply line, I'm seeing it in um, at least two things that I've ordered online in the last month that have been delayed. And, you know, basically they've gone into a pre-order status while we're waiting for 
the accessibility to reopen to get the parts to do the thing. And this is a, um, you know, the latest one that I'm dealing with. It's, it's a very small operation, a guy up in Northern California who runs it out of a rented warehouse, a very small rented warehouse. And he depends on that supply line. I mean, he can basically hang it all up. Yeah. If the powers that be decide that they're just going to lock this thing down and for whatever reason, maybe they've got a bigger power play that they're trying to make. Well, this poor guy now has nothing because he's, you know, this is his supply chain. So, you know, we we talk a lot about the big companies, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Microsofts, but this is one that's going to have a direct impact on the little guy. Yeah, no, I, this is true. This is what's, this is what's going to be frightening, right? Like we're going to, this is what these types of things, these types of black swan events, uh, separate the wheat from the chaff. It, it just yeah. does. Yeah. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, um, on a more positive note when it comes to the, uh, COVID-19, um, Alibaba, which is kind of the big uh, Chinese tech company, um, they're big in AI in particular. Um, they have a uh, AI system that can detect the coronavirus in seconds with a 96% accuracy. Um, wow. This is kind of one of these things where it's, I am very curious to see how these new technologies particularly machine learning when it, when it comes into the fields of medicine and big data and, and AI as a whole, when we start really pointing them at these types of global problems, right? Um, I am, you know, the details of this are kind of like, you know, it just kind of looks at CT scans um, of patients' chests. And um, yeah, it can kind of, with a 96% accuracy, um, it can kind of identify these uh, viral pneumonia cases, and it can take wow. seconds to do so. And um, I, I, you know, granted, CT scans aren't cheap. I think that's an. I think that's really. Other things need to come down in price in order to really create the data necessary for these AI models to like be effective. But we're using AI to come up with never before seen antibiotics that are um, that are you know that that are that can't that. That won't become um, um, that uh, viruses or bacteria won't become resistant to, and that's something that MIT came up with. And also, there's an Israeli company that's moving from clinical trials that uh, they're moving either into clinical trials or out of clinical trials to, for a you know um, COVID nineteen um, sort of uh, antivirus, i.e., uh, vaccine. Um, so tech is being brought to bear on this issue. I think before it's all said and done, we will bury dead, but I think we will figure this out. And I think this will be one of those things where we can, we now can kind of press, uh, it, you know, use these technologies to kind of press on these hard problems. And I, and, so, and that's kind of the good news about this. Um, the bad news about this is we have a complete, most of these most countries around the world, even particularly the ones with socialized medicines, have very uh, antiquated methods of being able to deliver these types of drugs to a wide audience. Most of our antibiotics were being produced out of China. 
anyway. Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 bad, right? It's why I like these 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 trade restrictions. Um, while I understand the need for them sometimes, um, and and we're gonna cut off our nose to spite our face, right? They, I mean, they they make a lot of our drugs. They make a lot of our raw materials for our drugs. Right. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's funny. It doesn't really matter if we come up with diagnoses, better tests, which truth be told, we are coming up with better tests. Right. It just has to get through the CDC and FDA process to be deployed to all the local uh, all the states. Right. I think New Mexico should have finally gotten our up to date uh, kits from the CDC, um, but it had to go through the FDA and all these other crazy processes. Right. Um, and, so we're our own worst enemy. And imagine if it's socialized, if a socialized system, uh, socialized uh, healthcare system, how there would be no incentive as an input into that socialized uh, medical system. There'd be no motivations to even come up with virus, uh, antiviruses, and, and, right. and vaccines and stuff like that. So, so where do you, where do you stand then, when the the government comes down and says a vaccine has been developed? We're mandating all United States citizens receive this vaccine against coronavirus. <laughs> I, I, I say uh, hell to the no, to the no, no, no. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I, but me personally, I'd chance it for, with my family. But I, don't, that I, but I would never mandate that. But I think there's enough herd mentality and fear, for the most part, that most people... Most people um, would do it for sure. Would do it, and so that enough would do it, so that it would be relatively effective. Um, yeah. Um, you know, with the, the theory of herds and human beings and contagion and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, I first of all, um, I would question who was funding, who was the maker of said vaccine, <laughs> right? Sure. And who have they paid off in government? Um, but also I would also be like, you know, this, I'm mandating anything. I, I think it's just a bad idea. Um, yeah. Mandating I banning. I mean, it's all to me. I agree with you. It's all kind of the same and, uh, all a power move. Um, I would hope that if a legitimate vaccine were developed and made available and they put it out there and said, look, here's how to go about getting it. You could make that decision for yourself. Um, does it take a mandate to really push it to that point where it becomes effective? Or, or I don't know. I, I, you know, these are just thoughts that are crossing my mind as I'm thinking here, but um, I think fear would keep it. I, I think fear would, uh, again, would, prompt much more many more people i think you're right yeah yeah that's a good point i mean the the um, amount of hysteria that we've seen in the past week alone if if someone came out with a magic vaccine i bet 90 percent of people would be rushing out to cvs to get it right well that assumes it it makes it to the drug trials the accelerated drug trials and fda and that the the Byzantine amount of regulations required to even get a drug to market that quickly even makes it affordable enough for me to run down to CVS to get it. True. <laughs> so, this is true. Um, yeah. So, hey, but, I mean, but, but you get uh, 17 coupons for, um, you know, 
depends or whatever. I use those. I use those CVS. I use those CVS points one time to like knock off the cost of some beer. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So, so yeah. So, um, other than that, guys, let's, let's try not to freak out about it too much. Let's see how this plays out. You know, you're going to, particularly on the tech side of things, footprints are going to get a logistical logistical footprints that we have now will definitely are we're definitely seeing dependencies in that footprint expect some maybe some delays and things like game consoles maybe some things like smartphones and and other things um see you're going to see many major conferences canceled don't freak out it's just it's being overcautious god bless them for being overcautious but they you know Everybody needs to calm the hell down. Um, so <laughs> with that said, speaking of tech and in my ongoing story about trying to – on my ongoing quest to write the obituary of Silicon Valley, um, during our kind of bit of our hiatus here, I was reading an article in the, Mer- uh, in the Mercury News, which is basically a, um, a, uh, a, a San Jose paper because um, I think it is the San Jose Mercury News. Um Tech uh, tech job cuts totaling eleven hundred jolt Silicon Valley in the East Bay. Uh, okay, and so the effects of these uh, of these cuts are on the a company called Zoom Pizza. A little bit about them here shortly. Uh, VMware, Shutterfly, and uh, Xilinx, Twenty Three and Me, um, Norton LifeLock. Um, all these companies are laying off, um, you know, substantial amounts of people. Um, Zoom Pizza was a company that was using big data and uh, machine kind of machine learning to pre-position pizza ovens near where they would get most of the orders, and mm. also like some of the pizzas were either made on on site on these little portable vans or these little portable like pizza ovens basically in vans or made by robots or something like that. So it was kind of one of these really big tech Mm -hmm. plays. Um, There was a story in Bloomberg that I did not get to that basically this, this zoom pizza place, you know, was victim, was a victim or, (laughs) or a, um, uh, a recipient of our favorite uh, Japanese tech conglomerate SoftBank money. Um, so kind of like we and other SoftBank bets, um, they bet on this Zoom pizza company. They got big. They got bloated. They're laying off workers and they're, sh- and, and they're sh- you know, switching their focus. So take the Zoom pizza layoffs with a grain of salt. But when you really start thinking about like a lot of these these tech companies now in the Valley, either doing layoffs, not opening new offices, not hiring employees in particular in the Valley, and like really having a hard time finding people in the Valley because like it's just too damn expensive to live there. I read an article in CNBC that said a Texas law firm um, is expand, ex- opened an expanded office in the Valley, in the Bay Area. Most of their legal work is done back in Texas. If they need to meet with clients in the Bay Area, it is literally cheaper to just fly them on a private jet, chartered jet, to the Bay Area wow. to conduct their meetings 
and fly them wow. back home. Holy crap. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, that makes sense. Um, I mean, because, it does, yeah. but it, it's still the shock factor. Uh, <clears throat> that's wild. Yes. That is wild. It is un- the Bay Area is, is completely and utterly unsustainable. It, totally. It, it's still it, – it, it, still, it still has an advantage of volume and economies of scale when it comes to talent, right? And well, Silicon, until Silicon they Valley all leave. is the Hollywood for geeks. <laughs> so everyone wants to make it there. But once you've made it there, people tend to get the hell out of Dodge. I mean, they make they don't their money even, and they get the hell out of Dodge. They don't even have climate, you know? At least in Southern California, we have climate, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it depends. Like, yeah, like, I find the Bay Area sometimes cold, cloudy, and overcast, depending on where you are. Silicon Valley as a whole isn't that bad, right? Like San Jose, Santa Clara, all this mountain view. But it's just, it's urban sprawl. It's 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 NIMBY politics because you can't build anything there. Yep. And so... I'll, let me read a little bit of this like CNET article, right? Because it's um, it's basically saying like, hey, the region is seeing employment growth, but it's like losing. It's getting to the point where it's losing almost as many people as it's gaining. It's still not a net negative, like the outflow of people from certain parts of California to Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Colorado, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's getting there. So basically, Silicon Valley is seeing employment growth and a record number of mega deals. But they're coming alongside rising costs, especially when it comes to housing and income inequality, according to a Wednesday report by some joint Silicon Valley, some nonprofit, bleeding heart nonprofit. Um, let's 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 attack each of these at the same time. Housing. That's the NIMBY. That's the not in my backyard. You can't build anything. Right. Supply Chief and demand. I mean, it, it, if you want to lower the cost of housing, you got to. Build more houses. And period. you gotta build more dense housing at that. Right. Um income inequality. Ladies and gentlemen, income inequality is a is in is almost directly proportional or, or inversely proportional to the cheap cheapness of money. Basically, your it's like this governments take nearly f- between the federal, state, and local take 50% of people's earnings. Yep. 50. Yeah. 50. Not 35, not 15, not whatever. Your effective tax rate may be 28 or 25 or whatever, but that doesn't include how, you know, with how many um, what taxes we pay on utilities, taxes we pay on gas, taxes oh, sale, we pay on internet, just sales tax, tax. Sales tax. Yeah. Um, everything. So you want to deal with income inequality Understand how the Federal Reserve works and, and what open market operations are, <laughs> you know, and, and the printing of money. Understand what um, taxes are, all right? Um, understand what uh, inflation is caused by open market operations by the Fed and government spending crowding out um, other you know, government spending crowding out like people seeking bonds, um, basically distorting bond markets. All these things accord, and then the last, the cherry on top is regulation, right? Um, it's very expensive to hire people. Mm-hmm. It just is. 
It's expensive um, to do anything. I mean, you know, yes. we talk about building houses. You want to try to build a house in Southern California? Good luck. You have, you know, it, county, city, state regulations, you know, to submit your plans, get them approved. And that's not even to mention the voluntary regulations that we put on ourselves in the form of um, homeowners associations and things like that, right? It's insane the barriers to entry that we have created for ourselves in the name of protecting everybody. It's nuts. Yeah, it is crazy. So, according to this kind of this this uh, this joint uh, joint venture Silicon Valley uh, joint venture Silicon Valley um, uh, advocacy group here, uh, there have been eight hundred. And 21,000 new jobs created in the Bay Area since the recession. So basically back to 2008. But there's only been 173,000 new housing units constructed. So eight people Uh, per house. That's awesome. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Um, The median price for a home. um, This happened a couple years ago. I know in San Jose, I think the median price for a home is a million. Um, Easily. And they're saying like San Mateo and, and Santa Clara and stuff like that. Yeah, which has always been a problem. But now they have a, lot, a huge homeless crisis. Got people living in their RVs. You got, you know, you got people living in all kinds of you know, austere conditions. Um, yeah, because you're not building any housing. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So that's why, and that's why places like um, Salt Lake City, Austin, um, you're starting to see those effects there. Denver. Colorado Springs, um, you know, other parts of the, you know, other, you know, there used to be other parts of the West Coast night, but even Portland, I think Portland and Seattle have gotten, gotten slightly ridiculous as well. Um, this is a problem. Uh, you're, one, you're a victim of your own success, Silicon Valley. Congratulations. You absolutely are. And yep. you, you are to be commended. You have, you've made the world a better place, but you've made the very place that creates these wonders, this sorcery that we love. You've made the place absolutely unlivable. Absolutely unlivable. And don't get mad about that, right? You're, you're, no government policy, no new government policy implemented is going to solve this problem. No. Um, what will solve this problem is less government intervention. I know yep. people don't like hearing that. I know we're in, this, in the throes of the, of the Bernie campaign, um, sweeping a nation. <laughs> but at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, also also to 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 my MAGA folks out there, like f- globalization and free trade is a net benefit. Our problem yeah. in the United States of America has been we have done a piss poor job over the last fifty years of getting our workforce acquainted to the fact that maybe we maybe we need to compete better. We've made our employees. Uh, unaffordable they uh, we we don't sufficiently train them we don't we don't sufficiently run them through the government schools and teach them that uh, learning is a lifelong endeavor we have now shackled an entire generation with um, student loan debt Mm -hmm. um, because we've sold them on this thing that you must go to college for whatever you want as opposed to something you can use we are to blame for a lot of the income inequality, the ignorance of these of this generation, and even wanting some sort of redistribution of wealth, 
and all kinds of other things. And we don't understand, and we and we and we're we're not we're failing to see this. And the valley is simply a microcosm of what we what we've done. Remember what I said a couple of weeks ago: the gig economy was nothing more than a market reaction to the overregulation of labor. That's essentially what it is. Yep. Right. Income inequality is definitely a cause of the gig economy, but is also the gig economy is also a symptom of income inequality, and it, it, and it, 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 they just feed each other. And you know, I, I'm happy that a lot of Silicon Valley companies now are going to places like Utah. They're coming. Yeah, they're even coming to terrible places like here, New Mexico, where I live, and um, and, and maybe that will help ease the burden. Um, and maybe with this, the, the silver lining for the coronavirus, on top of the fact that like it, it we're, we're we're bringing so much technology to bear on solving this problem, is maybe it makes people tend to think that like maybe I don't have to go to that conference, or maybe we don't have to be all in the same you know area to develop code. I mean, with the advent of GitHub and the global communications networks that we've built over the last twenty years. Why do we need an actual conference? Maybe it can be a virtual conference, yeah. right? I mean, if you if yeah. you if one is so con, if one is so concerned about his his or her carbon footprint, if one is concerned about being killed by a pandemic by meeting people face to face, maybe the silver lining for this is also not only does it poke a hole in the fact that you have to build a company in Silicon Valley, maybe it pokes a hole in the fact that maybe you don't necessarily have to have your company in the valley or you can have your company everywhere. Anywhere uh, you want, yeah. And anywhere you want. Yep. Um, I think the gig I think the gig economy, not just Uber, not just, you know, Grubhub, but other things. I think the gig economy, um, and this is why I'm very I was so disappointed, even though we was kind of a bit of a scam. Uh, you know, WeWork was kind of a scam, but like what their vision they were pushing made sense to me for this new economy, for this gig economy. Now, you know, for this this economy where like of global scale, where yeah. you don't need to be in a city or this city to to do something great. Now well, granted the hard, still financial I mean the, the the hard part is the differentiation between quote scam and paradigm shift, right? So maybe we, they were too far ahead of the paradigm shift. I think that's I think kind came, of. I think what we came I'm to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah. I think we came to that conclusion too. Yeah, that maybe they were too far ahead of that paradigm shift. I, I, I would agree with that. You know, instead of saying scam, I mean, I can yeah, see yeah, how I it guess, could be I, perceived I guess I felt as such, the, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, the, but that's the um, and here and as a broader trend, right? As I slowly start to see more stories writing the obituary for Silicon Valley is it has lost it has been it has lost its luster it has lost what made it that made it the valley mm -hmm. and a lot of it not to not to not to be pol overly political about it is it's leftism it destroys everything it touches and I I can I can say that with a thousand percent certainty um, the cultural aspect of this is not to be under is not to be um, understated. Oh, absolutely! Leftism as a philosophical as a philosophical way of moving that that the valley was moving toward. Even when I would go there in the in the 
in the uh, late aughts, or so to speak. The aughts. Um, <laughs> um, you could see it coming, and particularly with the election of of, of uh, President Obama, you could see it coming, and now they're reaping what they sow, mm-hmm. and the left touched it. And when the left touch it, it touches it, then government must touch it. And when, and when government touches it, it ruins something that was pure, something that was good, something I believed in. And, um, you know, tech still does wonderful things, amazing things. People in them, even though they're, they're commie pinko bastards, I still love them to death. And they're still coming up with, like, the most incredible technologies that will change the world, that are true sorcery that are coming up with things that are going to help us with the coronavirus. Um, they're going to help us develop more powerful antibiotics that are going to help us kind of bridge the digital divide, get rid of income inequality, enable, you know, the gig economy. But something was lost when they sold their soul to Washington and when they sold their soul to progressive ideology from a cultural, at least from a cultural standpoint. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I think we're going to see more and more stories like this because the blooms off the rose and I think, unfortunately, what you're going to find is that they're going to blame their, the, the particularly tech writers who who are just pointless now. Um, they're just going to blame. The, they're going to blame the wrong thing. Um, they're going to blame income inequality on greed or something stupid. Um, mm-hmm. Greed is only a slight component um, of things overall. Um, but there's still a bright future coming. Even if uh, San Francisco rents are so high that some lawyers have to commute there um, from Texas, um, you know, we have AI, quantum computing, 5G, and a ubiquity in global communications that are happening as we speak. And um, that's my um, that's my high note. To this. That, that's undied on a high note, in my, in my opinion. So Yeah. I'm with you. Well, with that said, um, I think we normally meander on long you know but i got nothing else to say man unless there's something else you've seen in the news in the twitter sphere and in the in the instagram sphere in the facebook land that you know you want to holler at and talk about oh th- I, I just thought about something sorry sorry audience I, I was about to wrap it up but i'm you remember when i posted the article in and i'll probably have to put it in my show notes and this is something extra about how they said that maybe cloud computing isn't the big greenhouse threat you know, oh isn't yeah the, yeah yeah, isn't yeah the yeah. energy suck that it that it was yeah what, i saw that yeah was it we, me and you were both saying that and we were we every time we would we would hear that or read that about like the carbon footprint of data centers and stuff like that we kind of i kind of turned sideways and it's just like well maybe if the if you're running big data analysis you're building you're training huge machine learning models and stuff, maybe you got a spike any use of energy and stuff like that. But like, I knew that story about the carbon footprint of data centers and it being evil. And like you're, you watching Netflix is killing the environment. I knew that was BS because I've been to a modern data center right across the street. from. They me. are so efficient. And they're, they have, they're, they're, they have they're done efficient s- to the point of being like, this is, this is ridiculous. What you I, could, I wish I could run my house like that. I, I would save hundreds oh. of dollars a month on yes. my energy use. You know, and I think the point that people miss about cloud computing is cloud, first of all, cloud computing has matured over the last 10 years to an insane level, right? Where efficiency has been 
increased to an unbelievable point. So, you know, if you spin up a VM even uh, on any server, you're only going to consume the energy it takes to run uh, that VM for the, for the amount of time that there's demand placed on it. Right. Once that demand has diminished, that energy gets put to somewhere else. You're on a dedicated machine. That energy is a hundred percent running a hundred percent of the time, whether you're using it or not. And I think people miss that. It's, I mean, it's a really basic basic concept of cloud computing that and here's and yeah yeah you're, you're I, I don't want to yeah i never understood this and here's why i thought oh well here's why i knew it was crap right because they have an incentive to save energy why energy costs money it costs money they have a bill to pay every month right and, and so they <laughs> were held so they were they are incentivized to be more efficient Solar, wind, um, running things on, I mean, the, the, the things I saw in just this Facebook data center n- near me, you know, out here we use a lot of swamp coolers, right? Just, just you know, air exchanges, you know, you know, heat exchange coolers, whatever, like with pads and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I thought, I was very skeptical about that, right? Because we, we're near a lot of volcanic sand and stuff. Now they figured it out. Figured it out. They don't use... Um, expensive AC units. Um, it's all, it's mostly all swamp cooled. And well, it's so dry there, right? I mean, the, the right, using dry. AC, well, if you think about it too, from just from an electromagnetic standpoint, right? AC dries out the air, which causes static, static. issues, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and, and that's what they told us. They're like, yeah, we want a certain amount of moisture and we right. monitor it down to the dew point and we want, we bring in cold air from outside. Right at night, even in the summer, it's pretty cool here. Yep. Um, and so they just open the vents at night and they bring in that cool air. Another thing I learned is like they don't keep them; they don't keep the server rooms cold. Yep. I was blown away by that. I walked in there, I was like, "It's actually kind of warm in here." Yeah, I, I noticed that when I walked into our data center over here in Irvine. I walked in because two years prior, I had walked in and it was cold. Everything was cold. It was just your standard. You keep things cold. You almost needed a sweater to even walk in there. And I walked in this last year and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like actually wanting to take off a layer of clothes here. And the guy showed me, you know, they basically ducted their, uh, their racks, you know, their rack aisles that they have. They've got it all sealed up and they only cool the volume of air that it takes to run through those racks because why cool everything else? It's stupid. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know? it's amazing. It's so, a waste of yeah, money. Yeah, When I saw that report, it was like, eh, it might not be using as much as we thought it was. It's like, you know, for lack of a better word, no bleep. <laughs> right? You know, no bleep. Of course bleep? it doesn't. Because it makes sense. Right. And, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah. When I saw it, I was just like, it totally makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the cloud. I think it's the future. Yeah, no, that's, that's to, 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 yeah, to, to try to, you know, 
harken back to the days of dedicated server racks and, and like massive infrastructure and it, get, come on come on guys come on yep come on homie come on i just man. built in, in my on. own house i just Dude. i built a homegrown security system it's running on a 24 7 server sitting in iraq and it, it it's a waste it's a total waste i've got three cameras at my home that's pumping into this server and it's a total waste yeah the only so benefit no. that I have is it's dedicated, it's isolated, and it's sitting here in my garage. Yeah, right. If it wasn't for that, I'd go to the cloud and just say, you know what? Offload it. Yeah, so vindication yet again, just like net neutrality, just like, you know, a lot of things that I've been calling over the last year. Um, bull bleep. So anyway, <laughs> that was so that was all right. So that was actually my last one. To, I wanted to slide in there is, you know, you know, kind of see. I told you show. You know, I I told y'all, don't doubt me. I know what I'm talking about. And me and Gary are in the real world. Um, we're not tech writers <laughs> sitting in offices in San Francisco writing about. You know, well, the one one thing's for sure, we're not making any money off of it. So. Uh, there's, there's no influence on that side. Yes. I'm not, I'm not owned by big, big cloud computing. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, then I guess now that we've taken our victory laps and we've scared people and we've given people hope. Thank you for logging on to thank you for your servers. I was Thaddeus person, AKA Nick way and Gary Guthrie. You got anything to plug? Come on, man. Twitter. You know what? Uh, I'm going to plug one thing. You know, we, we, Ooh. we, as the MLGA network, I'm going to, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes just because we've got it. We've got a, uh, a three part series on the Waco, uh, massacre that, uh, was put together in our, uh, red pill series, mm-hmm. uh, that I will, uh, highly recommend. And, um, you know, uh, does it go conspiracy? Maybe. Um, but I'll leave that up to everyone to decide. And um, uh, it, it's just interesting to to see a different take, at least, from the, uh, the, the official narrative that we've been given through the media and through the government. So, uh, no, I definitely tune in, guys. I mean, things like that, you know, this, this you know, red pilling of people on certain things. I was never a believer in the CIA trafficking drugs into the African-American communities so that, on purpose. But it wasn't until I figured out that they were actually helping and facilitating the trafficking of drugs into all communities, particularly marginalized communities. They do. To fund, to fund anti-communism in Central and South America that I'm yeah. like, oh. Oh, so that wasn't a conspiracy theory. that. Some of that crap was true. There's a lot of hyperbole around it, but oh, I'm this, yeah, yeah. Well, hyperbole stuff, sells, but this, right? But this stuff but... is true. <laughs> this stuff proves to be true, and I think as the years go on, I think more and more stuff about Waco comes out, and you're just like, wow, the government, as always, overreacted and 
accidentally mass murdered people. I mean, yeah, I don't know that it was accidental, though. I mean, I'm, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, you know, this is why you guys need to listen to the three part series. This is, a, Waco, I think, baby. there's a healthy balance to be found between, you know, blatant absolute conspiracy theory and blatant absolute, uh, government narrative i you know you you have to find that medium line and that's for you to find yourself and for me to find myself and um you know where is the truth it's it's got to be somewhere in the middle i don't know but yeah uh, I have but conspir- definitely I, tune into that yeah definitely tune in guys i i definitely big up to those guys i'm also like hey uh, i'm gonna have to talk to you for a brief moment before we kind of part ways uh, officially and stuff like that, we will end this portion of the show though. Um, Cause I have a show idea that I, I think you might like, but anyway, that, that said that, thank you for the plug Gary. This is, again has been, thank you for your servers and thanks for tuning in. Latest.